0: Amen. We serve a God of revival. We serve a God of revival. And he is awakening things in us. And the things that he is doing, only he can do. And we believe that what he starts, he finishes, he perfects. And we declare it in our lives. And I encourage you, church, those of you here, those of you watching online, daily as you wake up and you pray, say, God, use me today. Fill me with your boldness. Fill me with the Spirit. To be able to be used by you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, give God one more hand of praise for this book. Amen. 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 God is good and faithful, and He is in complete control of our lives. Amen. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Um,. We know it's a totally made up holiday, but we can celebrate love all year long. Amen. But uh, we, we, uh, we praise God, and, and, and I pray you're having a special day with your family today, and with those that, that are your loved ones. And I don't wanna take up much more time. I'm gonna ask my wife to come join me up here. We're gonna do things a little differently today. Uh, the way, oh, I should, thank you for bringing my English Bible. This is my Spanish Bible. <laughs> if i read it in spanish some of y'all need interpretation of tongues to understand it um but we believe in the gifts of the spirit so you might be able to amen, amen. but uh, god is good god is faithful and we want to share uh what god's been putting in our heart and like i said today's a little different um i don't think we've ever done it in this format from the building
1: no on virtually but not in person yeah
0: when when we've had to do uh services online we've recorded some like this where we do it the two of us and uh, we wanted to talk today about relationships, but before those of you that aren't married tune me out, alright? Some of you are like, oh, relationships, Valentine's Day, so some of you probably didn't even come to church, oh, they're probably going to talk about love and marriage, I don't want to do that today, right? Um, we're going to talk about different types of relationships and we're going to talk about different things, so don't tune us out. God's got something that he wants to share with you this morning. And I want you to open your Bibles, we're going to start reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to so be our, our, our text to start this morning. It's a passage of scripture that all of us at one point in time or another have heard or read or seen at a wedding being read to everybody. Um, first or gone to
1: Hobby can- Lobby and have the little cute frame with it.
0: Hobby Lobby, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, When your wife tells you, come on guys, when your wife tells you, I'm going to Hobby Lobby. It's like, all right, let me get the nails, the hammer. Let's get it ready. <laughs> Something's coming back up that needs to be hung. Um, at at Hobby Lobby. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. And uh, sometimes I'll get home and you've gone she would have gotten something from Hobby Lobby. It was more pre-pandemic, but um, I'd see, I was like, that frame is you. She's like, yeah, don't move it. I was like, what do you mean don't move? It's like, it's like six holes behind it. So I found the right one for it not to fall.
1: Or I couldn't find the nail, but I found the push pin. That does the work sometimes.
0: Yeah. No. (laughs) First Corinthians chapter thirteen, look what it says, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I've become like sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. I mean, as you read this, as you hear it, you see the comparisons that the Apostle Paul makes, right? The one that really stands out to me is in verse number two, where he even says, if I have all the faith, enough to move mountains. I mean, he's quoting Jesus. Jesus told the disciples he told us if you have faith, even as a mustard seed, you're going to tell this mountain be moved into the sea. Right. And so uh, the apostle Paul is like, man, if I had all the faith and I'm moving all of these mountains, but I got love, it's nothing. And all these things that it talks about there are good things. I mean, as a matter of fact, when it talks about the gifts of the Spirit in the previous chapter and afterwards as well, he talks about it. It says it's a good thing to desire to prophesy, a good thing to desire to have these gifts. But what he's saying, you can have all of these things. But if there is no love,
1: you missed the mark,
0: you missed it, you missed the mark. And then it begins to describe what love is right in verse number four, it says love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Love never fails. You can't go wrong with showing love to people. You can't go wrong with showing love to people. And then it ends the chapter in verse number 13 saying, and now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Love. And that's why I say Valentine's Day is made of holidays. Once a year, you know, it's, you give a card, you give a this, even the kids, they great cards for everybody, do all this different stuff. But the reality is that if we are believers, we are to be walking in love every single day. And on leap years, we got an extra day to show it. <laughs> in that love that we can only give through Christ.
2: Yep.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, so, this love, I love how it breaks it down of what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. And today we're going to talk about relationships, different types of relationships. And sometimes, um, in some of these relationships that we're talking about, you might have gotten good non examples. Like, this is what not to do. And you know what? That teaches us and that molds us. Uh, so, we just need to have our eyes and our hearts open to see what God wants to see, even in those things that don't seem to be so good. But what we see, okay, that's what I'm not supposed to do. Okay, then don't do it. Uh, Or that is what I'm supposed to do. Then let's replicate and do it. So I have a question for you, Pastor. What are these different types of relationships? Good question. I know. (laughs) I thought so.
0: It's almost (laughs) as if we talked about this beforehand. (laughs) You know, types of relationships. And there's a lot of different relationships. And today we're going to specifically talk about four types of relationships. Four types of relationships. The first one that I wanna talk about is marriage. Husband and wife. Now, some of you in here are married. Some of you in here are waiting for the right person. Some of you perhaps are engaged. And some of you have the desire for marriage. You're just not there at the moment. So learn some of this now. One of the types of relationship is marriage. And I want you to read with me. It's gonna come up on the screen. You can jot it down and read it later. Genesis chapter two, verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, right there, that's already telling you marriage is about teamwork and partnership and help. God didn't say, I will make for Adam a woman so that he can reign over her. I will make him a woman to cook, clean, and slave as a maid. Like, it is a helper, suitable. Together, we're in this together. Come on, high school Musical. We're all in this together. All right, verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which God had taken from man, he made into a woman And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of me. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now, I want to be very, very, very clear. Biblically speaking, What we believe and stand for, marriage is between one man and one woman. That is the scriptural definition of marriage. And then the directive from God to man and woman is to be fruitful and to multiply. It is his direction. Love in scripture, when it refers to marriage, uses the word eros, an erotic love. And that is the love that happens within a husband and a wife. Outside of the marriage covenant, that arrow's love is sin. Marriage covenant is the only one that allows for there to be then sexual relationship with the person. So one of the types of love, or not love, one of the types of relationship is the marriage covenant. Husband and a wife.
1: Another type of relationship is our family, and within that, there's multiple different spectrums. One of them is with our parents, and depending, some of you have your parents that are alive, some that don't, but that is a relationship that the Bible talks about, is a relationship that doesn't have an expiration date uh, as long as they're here on earth. Uh, another, and within the family spectrum, relationship with your kids. That looks very different, their relationship with a parent, a uh, relationship with a sibling, with extended family. Like under family, there's so many different areas, but that is a different type of relationship that the Bible talks about from beginning to end. And we're going to focus on that one of the parents and the relationship with the children because we can see that all throughout scripture.
0: And actually, if you go to Exodus, and you're just going to come up and me write it down. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. It's one of the 10 commandments. Top 10. Top 10, it made, it made Bible's top 10 list. ESPN, da-na-na. all right. <laughs> honor your father and your mother if they are good people, if they were good to you,
2: if, you if liked they them. were
0: nice, if they gave you everything you wanted, if they never punished you. If it, no, honor your father and your mother. End of story. And look at the blessing that comes with honoring your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you honor your father and your mother looking around some of the dad hey that's for you
1: listen (laughs) up perk up right now yep I see it too
0: honor your father and your mother There is a blessing, and and you said it I think a minute ago. There is no expiration. This doesn't mean while you are a kid living in the house, you always honor your father and your mother.
1: And it's going to look different. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. It's going to look different depending what age you are and what part of a stage in your life. It's going to look very different. Um, and I love it because this has that blessing attached to it. Right. Because this relationship of mother and father, I mean, some of you in here may have like the best memories. Like we can just post up all your memories on there and we're all just going to be cheering. Amazing. Your parents knew exactly what they were doing. They did it the right way. But for some other people in here, thinking back of mother and father, may not be something that you want us to display up here. It may be a lot of heartache and pain and anguish, but the Lord says to still honor. And what that means is very specific, but God knows it's a little tough sometimes. And he puts there, but, but I'm seeing you. You know, they might not even realize it. They might not even acknowledge it. They might even be saying, but you're not doing enough. But he sees what you're doing and that's going to give you long life.
0: Now, relationship with our children is another part of the family dynamic of relationships. And, and, and this is the verse that I think we should all know and take to heart, inscribe it. And it's Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6. Proverbs 22, 6 says this. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child. Now there's a lot of things that we can unpack and break down here. Number one, training requires effort. Like train the child, teach the child. Every moment, use it as a teachable moment. But notice as it says train the child. You're always gonna be the parent, but when they're 60 years old and you're 80 is not the time to train them how to do the dishes. Like nope. you should have done that a when ship the has sailed. Nope. You're, You know what I'm talking about? So there's sometimes that as parents, we get to this point where we think, well, but I'm the parent, I must know best. And even though they're you know, old and on their own or whatever, I gotta, I gotta train them. Now you train them when you had them in that time period. As a child. Yeah. As a child. And when they grow old, they will not depart because you know what training them in that process is? You taught them how to love God. You taught them how to have a relationship with God. You taught them how to pray. You taught them how to seek God, how to put God first. So when they're older, all those things which you taught them are going to be surfacing. And they're not going to depart. But there is a moment or a window when you're done with the training. You know, you're, you're a dancer by what you loved as a young person, and, and, and you do, and, and we watch dance movies and dance shows or whatnot because I have learned to love it because you love it. I love you, hon. Um, there's something very interesting. You may have a rare occasion of a prima ballerina that started late in life. But usually the ones that make it to the top in that or any sport or whatever thing are the ones that started early. If you're 25, 30 years old and you've never taken one thing, it to be very difficult to be able to be on point, like literally, you know what I mean by like point, thing, right? You have to start it early to get there and continue it. You start when they're young and our children when we have them under our covering is the time where we need to pour in and focus and trust that god will do the rest after and then we've got some extended family
1: and not and and targeted okay because we don't want if you're a cuban um i can speak for cubans because i'm cuban anybody anybody that is related to anybody that is related to you is un primo, it's a cousin. Yeah. And forever, and it's like before, when you start writing down the name, it's like you're by 151, but they're all cousins. And you know, I need to like, just like okay, be primo. <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about here, okay? It's that close extended family that you are called to be able to have like that relationship with okay? Again, relationship is not somebody like on Facebook, those that are watching us or on YouTube, on Facebook, those 575 friends, I don't know if those are really like you know we have relationship really with a them. Friend, right? uh, we're not talking about that type you of thing. Know, when it's you a say closer. The thing
0: about all the cousin stuff, I just I have that, that old old skit in my mind with Dan Aykroyd and all these guys. Of uh, this is my first cousin, but I treat him like a third cousin. This is my third cousin, but I treat him like a second cousin. You ever see that one there? The with uh, the cheeseburger, uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. No fries, chips, no Coke, Pepsi. <laughs> you, you remember? Is you're cracking out there? Okay, I'm dating myself here. Uh, but anyways family relationships in that extended family there is a place for it and it's important and scripturally i want you to write down exodus chapter 18 so you can read it later there is a beautiful example of an extended family relationship in the life of moses moses is the one that's used by god to go to pharaoh and speak to Pharaoh and the children of Israel are released from Egypt they go faced with the Red Sea you know, all the plagues and they get out they get to the Red Sea God opens the sea and they get into the wilderness right and the chapter starts talking about the fact that Jethro Moses's father-in-law comes to visit Moses now a couple of things there you will see Moses went to do the mission from God and he left his wife with his children in the care and in the home of his father-in-law there was a relationship with the family that while he was out they were being taken care of and now he brings them, and Moses tells Jethro everything that God had done. And Jethro begins to glorify God. He even uh, does an offering, says God is the powerful one. And then the next day, Moses gets up, goes to the 10th of meeting, and he sits there. And all of the people of Israel are lining up and coming to him to ask for questions. right? Like, what do I do when they do this? And they did this to me, and they did that. And from the sun going up to the sun setting the entire day, Moses is there people coming to him and when the night is over I want you to notice that there Jethro didn't stop and interrupt Moses he didn't go to Moses in the middle of the day and like bro yo let me talk to you No, he waited till Moses was done and he asked them hey what are you doing and he says well I hear from God and the people come to me and then Moses uh, Jethro says let me give you counsel and when you look up the word it means advice he says let me give you some advice what you're doing is not sustainable. I think if you do this, this, and this, it's going to work better. And Moses says in Scripture that he felt that he heeded the voice because it was from God. God used Jethro to speak to Moses, but notice how Jethro did it. He waited till the right moment. Right timing. And he didn't come and say, Moses, you got to do it this way. No. He came and he says, can I give you some wisdom, some advice? You know, I'm a little older than you. And that's probably how you, know, you know, I, I've lived a little bit. Man, if you do it this way, my daughter and my grandkids are probably gonna grow up without a dad. Something along this. Let me give you some counsel. But there is a place for it and it is important. And the last one I want to talk about, but is the most important of every relationship that we can have, is the relationship with God. Pastor, then why didn't you start with it? Well, I wanted to save the best one for last. Now I'm going to ask you a question and I want you all to be honest. Can you say that with me, Pastor? Pastor. I promise I will be honest. I
1: promise I will be honest.
0: If you're online, I want you to even put little emojis up in the thing, all right? How many of you who are married, your spouse, at one point in time or another, has exhausted you? I love you, but you know. Okay, All right, yeah. (laughs) Let's be real. Don's like, I don't wanna sleep on the couch. uh, (laughs) Come on, I've heard you, Pamela Joy. (laughs) Oh, Donald! (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right, now uh, let me ask you this next question. Let me ask you this next question. How many of you, your parents, at one point in time or another, have exhausted you?
1: (laughs) You didn't even have to finish that one.
0: (laughs) All right, come on now. Let me ask you a question now. Parents, how many times have your children exhausted you? All right. How many times has a friendship exhausted you? Can I tell you something about the relationship with God? It's the only relationship that always fills you and never exhausts you. That's why it's the most important one. Your time spent in prayer. Your time spent in worship. Your time spent in the word of God. All of those things fill your cup, never drain your cup. All of those things give you to be able to get through the day, which is why you need to start your day with your relationship with God. Not with the 72 followers on Instagram, because you know you paid for the other 345, I'm kidding. Not starting your day with all this other stuff, but starting your day with God. Because time spent with God is never wasted. It sets you up for the rest of the day, for the rest of what's going on. Every other relationship drains at one point in time or another. But the relationship with God fills And you know what happens? Many times we leave the relationship with God for the end. Or we came to a Sunday service or a small group on a Wednesday night and it was awesome and we felt the presence of God and we were so refilled. We're like, oh, we're good. We can go for a good distance. But then you get tired and weak and then you never end up refilling. You know, we were looking at some cars and somebody asked me to say, but why don't you think about an electric? You don't want an electric car. I was like, dude, let me tell you the truth. I have enough anxiety with my wife forgetting to charge her phone. What's going to happen when she forgets to charge the car?
1: Honey, I can't take the kids to school today.
0: <laughs> it's, like, like, it's not like you can go buy a battery and You know, call a charging station, come to you. And, you know, I was like, man, I got enough to worry about that one. The relationship with God is what charges you. Amen. So the relationships again. Marriage. Your family relationships, parents, children, I know I glossed over it because I skipped it actually, was friendships is another bracket of relationships that is an important one to us to know about, and we'll circle to it during the next question. Um, And the most important one of all of them, your relationship with God. Now I got a question for you.
1: Got it. What is it?
0: All right. What constitutes or builds up a healthy relationship? Because there's some relationships that are healthy and there's some relationships that we have that are toxic. I mean, they need the the the, the skull with the bones labeled on it <laughs> that it's toxic caution, you know.
1: Well every relationship for it to be healthy and for it to be life producing requires effort, requires work, time, requires intentionality. And these relationships that we identify today, you know, relationship with God, relationship with our, with our spouse, with our families, with our friends, for it to be healthy, you have to be intentional. You can't just take for granted, well, they're there, I have a ring, you're stuck with me forever, so, you know, I'll come to you whenever I, I need something. That's not a relationship. Our relationship is cultivated. It's a constant, you like, you think about it. You're, how can I make this better? How can I spend more more time developing this into a, a better state? So it requires effort, time, work, intentionality.
0: I love that, intentionality. And let's talk about our relationship with God and the growth in our relationship with God. Church, we need to be intentional in our relationship with God. Now I'm going to talk to you guys online for one second. you 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 can be honest with me if you want but some of you are watching service today from home in pajamas just because you felt it was going to be more comfortable to stay home in your snuggie than it was to get dressed and come over to service And is it wrong to watch service from home no and especially we have right now in the midst of a pandemic we have a, a lot of people with health concerns and because of health are watching it from home but i'm talking about it takes intentionality to make it. As a matter of fact, even if you are watching from home because of health and family dynamics, be intentional, get up early, have breakfast, get dressed, do your hair, do your makeup, the whole kit and caboodle. I always tell Patty during this time, it's like, why are you even putting on lipstick? You're about to put a mask and it's gonna come right off. Before I, know. Research, I have like, it on. is my lipstick fine? I was like, you're gonna put a mask on and it's gonna come right off. But be intentional. Be intentional in your pursuit of God. Be intentional that you wake up in the morning and spend time talking to God. Be intentional that you get up in the morning and you spend time reading the word.
1: And if I can just talk a little about that. To build relationship, you don't come to the the place with God or with such and such person with an agenda. Can you imagine, think of every other relationship in your life, if every time you meet with that person, you see that person, you have your little list of we're gonna cover these three topics today and this is what we're gonna do. Would that relationship grow? Is that an authentic relationship? Not the <laughs> That's bored. There's no roots. There's nothing. When do relationships really flourish? I like, think about that friendship. There's really a God friendship that probably stirred up and started and continues for you. Just sit and just start talking and just said, okay, where does the conversation leave us? And with God, we have to enjoy our time with God. And it is amazing of all the resources out there. And it is amazing. You know, I use YouVersion all the time, UVersion and you know all the devotionals that are there but if your only time of you going and building relationship with God, your Father, and intimacy is doing, okay, I want to do this Bible plan because it's talking about peace, and I know I need that. No, I'm going to do this Bible plan because my finances are the pits, and I need need my finances to get in order, and I'm going to do this, and your only pursuit of God ends up being an agenda and a to-do list. You're not really allowing the Holy Spirit or God to speak to you through his word. Is it wrong to do any of these plans? Absolutely not, but when you're saying, I'm here to build our relationship it's just getting and just start reading his words and letting him start speaking to you and if he's speaking just stay right there lord what else do you want to tell me and not come into every moment with the lord with this like agenda does that make sense Uh, just let the lord just like just fill you because that's when that true just relationship just gets bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger
0: and and something that i think is very important with that as well is the reality that Not everything that is out there is what you believe and what I believe. And so is the person that wrote that devotional, even though it's got 74,000 subscribers already that have read it and done it, do they believe in the same thing that you believe? Or are you reading... Somebody who's writing a devotional about the fruit of the Spirit, but doesn't believe that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation today and that the Holy Spirit had an expiration date. Let me tell you something, you're not going to get the same thing. And if you're only reading what somebody else writes about a verse, you're reading a commentary, it's like playing telephone. And playing telephone with your spouse doesn't work. What do I mean by that? Hey, Abigail, go go tell your mom this for me. Half the times I got to say, Abigail, did you say it right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What did you say? Did you, did you? Oh no, Dad, I forgot. Right? Like, it, there's miscommunication, and, and and I have a group of men that I mentor and I meet with, and that's one of the things I harp on all of them with. What are you reading, Scripture-wise, of the Bible? It's great to read books. I'm very proud of myself. I'm on my third book this year. It's more books than I've read. Like, I like, I'm like consistently, I'm 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 growing. I'm trying to force. Let's myself
1: be real. To grow. Even more than college, probably. <laughs>
0: College man, I graduated with a good GPA, I promise 3.7 or something like that. But anyway, Trey, I'm not a person who loves reading other than reading the Word of God. I will read the Word of God and devour it, but not books. But I'm in a program called Pastors University. I'm working on myself to become a better pastor every day that I can. And they challenge us with these books, and it's like I got a stack of books this big. I'm, yeah, true. Um, and and I'm reading them and forcing myself, and, and anyways. But work at it. We need to work does, at a relationship it's with not, God. It doesn't work with telephone. You don't just read what somebody else writes. Those are good. But those are supplemental to what God wrote to you. Amen? And so intentionality, work, and effort in your marriage...
1: To have a it's healthy marriage. It's intentionality. It's you know, we we have busy schedules, and if we allow, you know, when it comes to, you know, our church that we love, but all the things have to get done there. We have three children that each want to do their own thing and just every other relationship, it is absolutely easy to leave my husband as whatever's left over. And if I try to establish and build my marriage on the two minutes of after I'm exhausted from waking up super early and doing Everything and at 10:30 at night. How was your day, honey? Let's talk. I don't care what comes out of his the
0: mouth because I'm exhausted at that moment. The bathroom from brushing your teeth, and I'll already be asleep. But that's it, it, it's the truth. That's I'll, I'll not the out. time.
1: That's not it's the not time to, to build. So we we have to we schedule it. We schedule, look, on Tuesday of this week, we're going to have like an extended time. We're going to have a couple of hours. It's just us, nothing else, none of the phones. So we can just talk, so we can just work
0: at our marriage because it doesn't just happen. If I were to ask some of you married people, when's the last time you went on a a date with your wife? A date with your wife. Some of you might need to pull out the abacus to try to figure it out because it's been a long time. Husbands, date your wife. Date your wife and be intentional about it. If you need to hire a babysitter because grandma or grandpa can't take care of the kids, hire a babysitter, reputable. What is wrong with my tongue?
1: It's okay, it's great.
0: <laughs> because it requires work. It does. And intentionality. Planning a getaway, one night, two days. We try to plan that. Okay, it occasionally, at least several times a year. Hey, we're gonna plan this right, and we're gonna you know, drop off the kids at school, and we're gonna leave to, to, to whatever, and grandpa's gonna pick them up, drop them off, whatever, and we'll spend one night, and then come back the next day in the middle of the day, pick them up from school or whatever. But to have an expended time that is no interruptions, no thing. The phone's on do not disturb. The only people that will be able to get in contact with us are the ones that have our children because that's the one that it's on the favorites to get through. But other than that, it's our time. And have the conversation. There's times that we get just very busy with different things. And I I and, I'm, I'll out, and I'll look at her and I was like, hey, I exist. It's true. Because we got out of whack in a rhythm. Because you know what will destroy any of these relationships lack of rhythm lack of rhythm let me speak to the parents for a second bedtime with your children is essential if you ha- let your kids go to sleep whenever they want or you put them to sleep at 10 o'clock at night the time you're going to go to sit with your spouse is at the 10 something and you got to wake up the next morning at 5 30 or 6 and you've been up all day long it ain't gonna work bedtime and routine is essential in the summer even, on whatever stuff. Like, it, it is essential. And all of that to then also be able to have and work at your intention and your relationship with God. Be intentional. Don't go to sleep super late to try to wake up earlier to read the Bible. You're just not going to work, right? Relationships with your children, be intentional. I date four women. My wife, Abigail, Alexandra, and Samantha. They're little ladies still, but you get the point. It was more dramatic for effect. I date four women. <gasps> Somebody, I heard, it, some, I heard a gasp. Yes. I date my wife. And I will date her to the day that one of us go to be with the Lord. Many, 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 many years from now. I take Abigail on dates. Where my wife does a great job of getting her dressed, doing her makeup, her hair. And we go on a little date. Samantha's three and we went on a date last Saturday. Got her then, we went to Carvel. She picked her ice cream. I sat there, I fed her. We did all the different things. We got back home. She had gone to do something with Abigail and Alexandra and we picked the movie she wanted to watch. We sat there, we snuggled and cuddled. The next day I was taking her, two days later I was taking her to school and I was just taking her. And she, you know when she looked at me she goes, Daddy, this is another Daddy, uh, Daddy Samantha date. Cause it was just us two. I am intentional. Can I tell you several reasons why? Your children are gonna allow in their marriage what they saw you do. And if you treat your wife in a bad way, they're gonna allow some punk to treat them in a bad way and that punk is gonna meet an alligator in the Everglades. (laughs) But if I train her to be respected as the woman of God that she was created to be, she ain't gonna put up with no nonsense. And the first time that somebody speaks to her, she says, my dad didn't speak to my mom that way, and he doesn't speak to me that way. Who the heck do you think you are? Get to stepping. But if I don't model it, it ain't gonna happen. Intentionality.
1: And that goes back to that scripture you shared a few minutes ago about training up the child that they should go. And training is not uh, telling your child, okay, the next 30 minutes, listen to me. I am training you in what you need to do. Forget what I did yesterday, the day before. Do For- what I tell you, not what I Forget do. Forget what I'm going to do an hour from now. This is the time that you need to. No, it doesn't work like that. Everything that you do speaks to that. When I had a staff and we had to and I needed to do trainings with them. It wasn't just once a week on a Wednesday after school from 3.30 to four o'clock that they were being trained. Training is how I would send them an email. What type of tone did I communicate? I expect then for them to be able to learn through that, for them then to send emails like that to their coworkers, to their parents or whatnot. Everything that I did, I was aware that they are picking up on how I relate, how I communicate, my work ethic. And it is the same way with our children. So yes, it is a heavy load, but you know what? It's an encouraging load because sometimes we won't do for ourselves certain things, but when we know, Hold on. I have little eyes or big eyes. They are looking at me. They are seeing how I am pursuing God. They are seeing this. That's going to motivate you to do the thing that you wouldn't do for yourself. Because you love them so much more than you even love yourself, right? but it is just knowing they are looking, they are seeing. So it's like, I'm gonna keep on pushing. I'm not gonna give up. It doesn't matter that maybe I didn't attain my career goals, you know? No, I'm gonna show my kid that what I'm doing right now, I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna do my best, the attitude I need to have, because they're then gonna pursue and gonna achieve more but we need to just keep on going, right? Because that training component happens all the time and it's different. How pastor talked about, depending the age, yeah. a child is not the same as a teenager, the same as a young adult, the same as a, somebody that's already married on their own. It's different and you, we need to be aware of that. And the. Re-
0: it, 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 and it changes, I'm sorry for cutting oh. off. It, it changes. I know without a shadow of a doubt that there's gonna be a point in time with all three of my girls are gonna fall in love with a man a man of God, a man of integrity and righteousness, he's going to do it the right way. They're going to get married. They're going to have their own house. And you know what? I'm not going to see them every day. And I'm not going to talk to her every single day. Because life will it's grow. It's the order, it, yeah. is a it is a different time period. And I will be okay with that. And because I trained them, they're going to honor me they're still gonna reach out for advice or for questions. And, and, and you know, I, I try to talk to my parents and the things, we don't talk every single day. I mean, my dad, I'll call him and if we hadn't spoken in two days, he'll be like, oh, hey, I'll call him. And he'll be like, "Yes, si yo no te llamo, tu no me ama. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it seems to me like your phone is the one that just rang.
2: <laughs>
0: right? But it changes because there was growth. And anything that is healthy will grow, okay? And I wanna encourage real quickly the dads and husbands. If you haven't taken your daughter on dates or you're not doing that, even if, if she still lives in your house, I don't care if she's 25 years old and she lives in your house, take her on a date this week. Ask your daughter out to go on a date. Or
1: hang out. I, was, I heard that from one of our, our teenagers, like hang out is a little bit cooler than, than going on, on a date.
0: All right. Well, my daughters know that I will always call it a date. <laughs> but I started it when they were babies, so I guess that's okay. So go ask your daughter to hang out with you. <laughs> I can't keep up with the words, man. I speak English and Spanish. Um, but, but ask them, f- what's their favorite restaurant? Take them. If you're not going places or whatever, what's your favorite takeout? Get it and go sit outside in your house and put a little candle and sit and ask your daughter, how are you? How are you doing? How's life? And do it with your wife. Moms, do it with your sons. Teach your son how to treat a lady properly. Dads, teach your sons how to treat their mother. Now, friendships. I want to talk about for a second. And if you can put up verse for me, Proverbs eighteen twenty four on the screen. Proverbs eighteen twenty four, because we didn't mention it. But look at Proverbs eighteen twenty four. Says a man who has friends must himself be friendly that's true but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother now there's power in reading different scripture written in different formats and i want to read to you this verse in the amplified bible look what this says in the amplified bible the man of too many friends chosen indiscriminately will be broken in pieces and come to ruin but there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. In other words, choose your friends wisely. Love everybody, but you don't have to have a deep friendship with everybody. And read it to the other version that we read. with. And
1: then with our kids, uh, I got them the ICB Bible, the International Children's Bible. And it just like, just summarizes it to the point. It says, some friends may ruin you. But a real friend will be more loyal than a brother. So remember, what is a friendship? What is a healthy these relationships? So a healthy friendship requires what? Intentionality, effort, time. So you don't do that with 55 people. You don't do that with 20 people. You do that. like What, or what are those friendships that are life producing that God wants you to have in your life right now?
0: And here, I'm gonna gonna break it down, because I know this is a struggle for a lot of people of an array of age brackets. If you're always the one that has to call that best friend, they're not truly a friend, because it's not a two-way street. If you're the one that has to do all the effort, all the work, all the thing, all the stuff, that person's not a true friend. They might be a Facebook friend or a follower on Instagram, but they're not a true friend. And the truth is, your friends need to be like-minded. If you're a Christ follower, it's fine to know people and have people that we have of a relationship that we know. Acquaintances. Acquaintances that are non-believers. But it's with the purpose of trying to give them the example to come to Christ, too. But people who are going to help you do life, if you're... Best, 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 best friend is somebody who has no relationship with God. When you're struggling with something and you tell them, man, this is happening, they're not gonna give you any counsel that says go to God. Their counsel might be, hey, just leave her. Their counsel might be, well, just quit. Their counsel is not gonna be godly. And how do you build these godly friendships and relationships? It's why we encourage you to join small groups. You build like-minded relations with like-minded people when you're in a group that's there for the same focus. If you're a woman and you go to one of our women's groups, you're going to meet other women who are there with the same purpose. If you're a man and you go to our men's group, if you're a young person and you come to our youth group on on Fridays or a young adult with our young adult groups on Wednesdays or whatever it is, a grouping with like-minded individuals that then you develop. And something you just said a little while ago, you can have a lot of acquaintances, but true, true friend. And I have a couple. People that I know I can call in the midst of a hardship. In the the midst of a trial. And
1: I just want to expand that a little bit. And it's not... Cause you talked about that, that council, right? Cause sometimes like I can think back and I've had friends that I consider friends and whenever anything arose, like they were great to talk to. They would join my pity party. The first one, they were my biggest pity party cheerleader. (laughs) They were the biggest one to just join whatever. Like I was on this, like just rampage on that. And they, it felt good to talk to them. It felt amazing. It was just fun. It off
0: your chest, right?
1: But it wasn't getting off my chest. It just was like, it was like great. And then I would get home and I'm like, what did I just say? What did I just do? I feel worse. That I wouldn't go back and tell my friend because I know they wouldn't get it. But all that fun time I had of just like, you know, letting it out and letting out steam and talking about that. Produce nothing in me, but now remorse, having to go to God and to like repent for all the things that I did or I said or whatnot. So it's, I want to be the person that God wants me to be. And to achieve that, I need other people that will sharpen me and propel me in that direction, not keep me in my pit when I fell down the pit. Like I can do that all by myself. I do not need anybody else to join me on that one, right? So I need to have my eyes open and always ask, Holy Spirit, show me. Because it's not about me feeling good right now at the moment. It's about me being able to move forward.
0: And so what is the right priority of all of these relationships is very, very simple. God first. First relationship that you spend time in every single day, God. Your spouse second. Your spouse cannot go before God. God has to go first. After your spouse, if you're married, right? This is in that one, right now you're not married. There's no spouse there, but when you are married, you're gonna have it. So God, then your spouse. After your spouse, your children. Your children cannot go before your spouse. It can't be everything that Johnny wants. Because if you do everything about everything that Johnny wants, when Johnny meets Susie and they go get married and now it's just you and your spouse, you don't know each other, and I can't tell you how many people I have met through the years who have gotten divorced the day their kids turn 18 and leave to college. They look at you and say, we're strangers. Like yeah. Because they were never intentional in building that relationship. God, spouse, children. After your children, that extended family and those friendships, all the other things. But God has to be first. As a matter of fact, They asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And his answer was, love "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and and love your neighbor as yourself. That was the second one. Love. And those different relationships in the right priorities to have healthy relationships. Healthy relationships healthy relationships. Spending time, quality time, intentional on the time. And if you're on a budget, it doesn't mean if you're gonna go on a date with your wife or your kids or whatever you're doing, it doesn't mean you gotta go spend $100 that you don't have. Some of our dates look like this. Kids at grandma's or at grandpa's or whatnot. And we go back home and we put our sneakers on and we'll go for a walk and, t- and talk. Walk and talk. Or sit on the couch and just be, and talk about our day and our stuff. Our dates don't always cost us money. But she knows I value spending time with her. And I know she values spending time with me. But you need to be intentional. In that first most important relationship, intentional. In your relationship with your spouse, intentional. In your relationship with your children, intentional in your relationship with any friendships that are godly, sustainable, healthy relationships. Intentionality. Work at them. I I want everybody to stand up for a second. Because there's some of you today here or online that that first most important relationship is either non-existent because you've never surrendered to God or it's dead because you've walked away from it. So why don't everybody bow their heads and close their eyes for a second. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never become a child of God, first, or John chapter one, verses 12 and 13 say that if, for those that believe in God, he gives them the ability to become children of God. Children of God. What a relationship with our Father. one thing that we see is that God is always willing. It's why the Bible says that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So if today you want to start or restart your relationship with God, I want you to say this prayer with me all around this room and online. We can just pray it and say, God, I'm a sinner. On my own, I can't get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin. And today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart. Write my name in the book of life, and from now on, God, I'm yours, and you are mine in Jesus' name. Father I pray this morning for every relationship that we have in our lives. First and foremost, Father, I lift up our most important relationship, the relationship with you. And we celebrate with those that surrendered their life to Jesus now. but I pray, Father, for us as at times we put you to the back. And you're there waiting lovingly for us And Lord, we commit to put you in the place you deserve first. Father, where we will seek you daily, chase after you, pursue you, be intentional in that walk with you. Father, I pray for marriages this morning. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for husbands and wives to remember why they fell in love for relationships of marriage that are broken to be reawakened right now in Jesus' name, to be renewed and refilled. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray for relationships from parents towards the children and children to the parents. We pray, Father, right now in the name of Jesus for healing in broken relationships with our family. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for repentance from moms and dads towards their children and from children towards their moms and their dads. We pray for wisdom in how to speak and when to speak. We pray, Father, for there to be a reawakening, a refilling, a repurposing in those family relationships. We pray over friendships today. And Lord, we pray that those that are around us that are not those f- true friends, that you want them to be around us to help us grow and build. Father, that we may have the foresight and the strength to eliminate or to recognize it what it's for, an acquaintance, not a true friendship that sticks closer than a brother. Father, that we be released from the weight of pleasing every man and every friend. I speak that right now in the name of Jesus, a release from the burden of pleasing everybody and that we understand that we need to please you, pursue you, be in union with our spouse, train our children and teach them then fill with everything else. But Father, that we may have it in the priority established by you. In Jesus. Can we worship him for about a minute or two there? Come on, just close your eyes right there. Lift your hands. You at home as well. You've already won God of revival. Come on, Timothy, sing it out. You can light it up. If you have your vision poster, if you had brought it in and I forgot to call it up during worship, but if you had brought your vision poster in already today, right after service, come up to the front and I wanna pray with you. If you haven't brought it in, bring it with you next Sunday and during worship time, we're gonna go off to the sides, my wife and I, and we're gonna unite with you and pray over your vision so you can go ahead and, and, and bring those in. If you need another one, we still have some copies up here in the front. And uh, we want to remind you, all of our information is on the Church Center app. If you haven't downloaded Church Center from the App Store or the Android Store, download it so that you can go ahead and stay connected. Through the Church Center app, you can register for events, know the announcements, see the groups that are available for you to sign up for. You can also do your giving, your tithe, or your offering, and uh, it's it's an easy communication platform and men remember this Saturday we have our men's breakfast right on that app you can sign up. it's making place at our brother Sergio's house in the backyard. the address will be there when you register you'll get the email that has the address and I challenge you to come very working on what I'm going to pour into you this Saturday. That's the small group that I lead. I lead the men's breakfast. So if you're one of the guys, you're one of the men in your church like man, I would love to have a little bit closer one-on-one with pastor every once in a while come to the men's breakfast. I'm the one that directly teaches it and preaches at it, and then we fellowship and we hung out. It's an amazing opportunity, so you can do that through the Church Center app as well. So we're gonna pray today. Um, am I missing anything? Cover them up? Cover them up, yeah. All right. So I want you to go ahead and stand to your feet. We're gonna pray to bless our tithes and our offerings of the month of February today. And you know, can I tell you, can I, can I brag on 3W Church for a minute? Because of your faithfulness to God, Our church is able to sow consistently to plant churches in other parts of the world. We're able to sow consistently in programs that are supporting and helping uh, people in, Jewish people in Israel that are dealing with persecution and different situations because of the fact that they have been completed in knowing that Jesus is the Messiah. Because of your faithfulness, we're actually doing an overhaul over the next month. We we just signed all the stuff, we're redoing the lighting. So all of you at home are gonna be able to see everybody's faces clearly. It's awesome, we're excited. We're able to do all these things because of your faithfulness. But I wanna remind you, just the Bible talks about tithing as God's. That's what the tithe is, it is God's. And you give it to him because it is his. And you know what the Bible says that God will do for the tither? It says he opens the window of heaven to pour out blessings more than enough upon you. That's awesome. It says that he rebukes the devourer. And I want to bless the tithe. Father, I thank you for the tithe. And I thank you, Father, for it's an act of obedience to you, of trust, to give you the first thing. And Lord, I know some tithe monthly or weekly or as they get paid, and we bless the tithe of this month of February that comes into the storehouse. And Lord, we also pray for any offering that anybody is giving above their tithe that they have put a name to. And we pray, Father, that we see it come to pass and happen. We thank you, Father, for provision. We thank you, Lord, for your watching over us. You take care of us. And we thank you, Father, for you are the God of revival. And as we leave this building, we pray it. We pray that we may pour into others. And we're able to because we're overflowing. And as we fill up every day in your presence, we'll be able to go to work and show people love and mercy and compassion because we're full. We thank you, Father, because we leave this building but never your presence. Men, men. those of you online we love you god
2: bless got... all of you
0: can't wait to see you soon on the